inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to The Core here on American Family Radio. I'm Walker Wildman. Glad to be with you today on the show. We're going to keep you busy listening to the show with the content that we have today, so you're going to want to stay tuned for the rest of the show here on The Core. Jumping to our scripture of the week, we're going to be in chapter 17 of the book of Psalm. Psalm chapter 17, first few verses here is what I want to point out this week. Hear a just cause, O Lord. Attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from the lips free of deceit. From your presence, let my vindication come. Let your eyes behold the right. Exclamation mark. So two things here. The first that I want to point out to begin our week here on the core is uh, David is praying, is petitioning God to give ear. Verse 1, give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. So David thought it noteworthy. David thought it important enough to, while petitioning God to hear his prayer, to let God know or to proclaim that David's lips were free uh, from or free of deceit. And so I think our prayers, I don't think, I know, that our prayers, in order to be maximally effective, in order for maximum effectiveness in our prayers before our Heavenly Father, we need to ensure, we need to work towards our lips being free of deceit. That's the first thing that David points out here. The second thing that is interesting, especially in in modern language, you don't hear this this type terminology used, but in verse 2 David says, "Let your eyes behold the right." And David's not talking about right or left, front or back. David is talking about God's eyes beholding that which is correct, that which is good, that which is right according to God's character, according to God's word. So that's why I, I mentioned over and over again on the show that we have to have a solid foundation. If our solid foundation is not in the one true God, then we have no foundation at all. We have no foundation at all. And you want to know what it looks like when you don't have a solid foundation or you have no foundation at all? It looks like what we cover on the show week in and week out, where the world is chasing after different ideologies, different beliefs, different desires, and none of it makes sense. From a Christian perspective, none of it makes sense. We go, why on earth? Do these people, what are they doing? Like, why do they want to do this? And you can apply that to any story that we cover on the show. 
Well, they do such because they're they're fully seeking to desire to to satisfy the desires of their flesh, and when you do that, you stray from what David calls the right. The right being that which God calls good, that which God calls virtuous, that which God calls uh, right or correct in his eyes. So there is a right way, and it's outlined in God's word. That's where we get our right from. The story I want to lead off for with uh, lead off with today is out of the state of Michigan. And uh, as the days go by, boy, do I lose confidence in the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I mean, if, if you're going to do as much as you can to damage your own reputation, that defines, that ex- is explained by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And it used to be where, here was the caveat during the Trump administration and years prior. Well, the rank-and-file FBI agents, they're, they're good people. It's the, it's, the, the, uh, it's the leadership at the FBI that where the problems are. It's the leadership that's corrupt. The rank-and-file, they're good people. That's what everybody used to lead off with. Now we're not even leading with that caveat. Because the more stories that come out about the FBI, it ends up being the rank-and-file in the field that are doing the dirty work of Washington, D.C., and the DOJ. And this case right here that I'm about to read of the story is no different. Now, am I laying a blanket? Am I throwing a blanket across every person who works at the FBI? Of course not. You can't do that with any situation. But what I am saying is no longer can we say with confidence that all of the rank and file FBI agents are very good people and want the best, what's best for our country and, and, and equal justice for all. That cannot be said anymore, not at least without confidence, or at least with confidence. So this story out of Michigan, we all remember the headlines. There was this story last year that broke about, it was actually leading into the election. I think this was in October uh, before the election, but uh, media broke the story about the Gretchen Whit- Whitmer kidnapping plot out of the state of Michigan. This was, uh, uh, it was, right, yeah, it was before the 2020 election. So uh, headlines broke that, that a militia group had been arrested, had been charged for planning to kidnap the Michigan governor, uh, governor Gret- Gretchen Whitmer. And uh, so anyway, the, the media, of course, they jumped on it because it's a, hey, these crazy right-wingers, they're going after the governor. I told you these people were crazy. Conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory. Hey, Bobby, do you mind getting me like a peppermint or something? I would text you, but um, that would take too long, and it would take my mind off the show. But this uh, Gretchen Whitmer story, as it turns out, so they arrested these guys in Michigan, the media went after them and said, you know, these guys are crazy. This this uh, is a case in point of, uh, of Republicans and their propaganda and their rhetoric being bad for the country. As it turns out, this, this story has completely fallen apart in recent days to such an extent that some of these charges ended up failing in the case against these men. 
Now there is talk of an entrapment charge or an entrapment case against the FBI. Yes, an entrapment case against the FBI out of Michigan. So this is just reason number 1,750 why just because the FBI says it or just because someone is charged doesn't wholly and indefinitely or definitively prove that they are guilty. So this is what's going on in Michigan, so we'll keep an eye on this. But just because the FBI says it, just because the media reports on a charge or an investigation doesn't mean that 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 person that's being investigated is automatically guilty of all charges. So this is completely turned on the FBI and could end up causing the FBI uh, with being acute, not only accused, but um, all these, all these men could be let go completely. If, uh, if entrapment is what the judge and the jury end up uh, deciding on there in the state of Michigan Jumping to the, uh, uh, I've got to play this montage. You know, we covered the Hunter Biden laptop story. We told you, we've been telling you for a long time, the laptop is legitimate. The media said otherwise during the 2020 election. Well, it turns out they were wrong. The laptop is fully legitimate. There's no question about it now. Let's play clip four. This is the media montage. Biden secret emails. A really fishy story. The Post claimed that the emails were found on a laptop computer that was brought to a repair shop in Delaware in the spring of 2019. The FBI is now investigating whether those alleged Hunter Biden emails are actually connected to a larger foreign intelligence operation. They may be related to a foreign intelligence operation. Foreign intelligence operation. Foreign intelligence. Foreign intelligence. Foreign intelligence (laughs) operation. For all we know, these emails are made up. The information found on the laptop may be part of a Russian disinformation campaign. Part of a Russian uh, disinformation uh, effort. Described by many intelligence experts as having hallmarks. All the hallmarks, rather. All the hallmarks of a Russian. Or Russian, Russian. Disinformation. Russian disinformation. Uh, disinformation campaign. This is a classic example of the right wing media. I love it. Absolutely love it. Folks, this is why you can't trust the traditional media conglomerates. The Fox News is, yes, I said it, the Fox News is of the world, the CNNs of the world, the CBSs, the ABCs. Now, there's some good shows over at Fox, but. What voice did you just hear in that montage? You heard Chris Wallace. Oh, yes, I know. He's not at Fox anymore, but he was when that clip was aired. Chris Wallace was at Fox when that clip was aired. So you had uh, Chris Wallace over at Fox News saying Russian disinformation. There's a Russian disinformation. (laughs) It's not Russian disinformation. Hunter Biden dropped a laptop, laptop off at the computer shop in Delaware and forgot to pick it up. That's not Russian disinformation, and everything on the laptop is legitimate. Everything on the laptop's legitimate, including all the emails with the business deals with foreign governments, foreign entities, the 10% for the big guy who's Joe Biden. All that's legitimate. All of that is legitimate. So if we want to talk about election interference, the people who are truly responsible for election interference is every voice you just heard. Every voice you just heard, all of the big tech platforms who cut off the New York Post for reporting on the story, 
That is Election Interference 101, and that was a media montage. I'm telling you, and this this is really no surprise, the, the talking points of the left, those talking points get distributed to journalists, to media talking heads. There's no way that you get that many talking heads on national television repeating the exact same phrases, the exact same descriptions of the laptop story without that being a coordinated talking points messaging that's circulated to all these media outlets. And it's one thing, okay, I get it, to have a PR team and the campaign, the Biden campaign, sends out press releases and, you know, top-line message notes for their surrogates or for the, the, the candidate Joe Biden or for his spokesperson. That's one thing. Or to send it out to Democrats in Congress so they can all pair at the same talking points. But that was the journalists we just heard. That was all those credible journalists who are non-biased, impartial, they're just presenting the news of the day. No, they were parroting the Biden campaign talking points. They did the same thing during the Clinton campaign in 2015, 2016. That's why the rise of alternate media outlets or alternative media outlets like American Family News, American Family Radio, Breitbart, Daily Caller, The Daily Wire, the list goes on. Just the news, John Solomon's group. I know Bobby and I read his stuff. <clears throat> there are dozens of alternative media outlets that are rising in popularity, rising in readers. Why? Because we can't trust these folks. You can't trust the big multi-billion dollar media conglomerates. Why? Because they're all in bed with the Democrats. And they have lost credibility time and time again. So, another reason to listen to American Family Radio, listen to the core, read our American Family News reporting each day so that you can get the truth about what's going on in our country. We have some exciting news about something going on in Alabama. We'll talk about it after the break. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Acts 17.26 conveys to us the reality that we were born and placed in the 21st century by God's specific design. He determined before time where we would live and when we would live there. If you're in Minnesota, Mississippi, or Maine, God put you there on purpose. He's not surprised by the darkness we see around us, nor is he caught off guard by it. In fact, he specifically prepared for it by making sure you're alive right now. God can do whatever he wants, but he's chosen to use you and me as ambassadors of his kingdom. We are his torches to light up the darkness. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising God the Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. The word addicted these days has casual meanings like, I'm addicted to tacos, they're literally my favorite thing in the whole wide world. But for those who struggle with true addictions, to things like alcohol, explicit images, or illegal substances, it's no laughing matter. Galatians 5.21 warns us of behaviors that go too far, like addictions. Making a life of these behaviors will physically rewire our brains over time, making us feel we must have them. They ruin our ability to enjoy God's gifts in this life well. Adolescents are at an increased risk for introductions to addiction through social media, today's entertainment, or from family history. Keep an open conversation with your girl about addiction and its catastrophic effects. Pray for her to have a self-controlled heart and a healthy way of life. Like what you've heard? Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Judy Goodell and her husband set up a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation. What we love about it is that it represents stewardship principles that we feel strongly about. So we got very, very excited about this opportunity. With a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation, an AFA supporter can guarantee a permanent monthly income, as well as supporting the American Family Association for years to come. We do feel convicted about really praying about all that God has really blessed us with. And so many people we know just want to leave it all to their kids. And we know the danger of that. And so we just are really just trying to pray through it. And God gave us great confirmation as we prayed that this would be a good use of the Lord's money. Find out if a charitable gift annuity is right for you at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or email foundation at afa.net. AFA at the Core podcast are available at afr.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core. Here on American Family Radio, I'm Walker Wildman. Glad to be with you. I failed to mention in the first segment how you can listen to the show. You can listen to the show through various means. We have our website, AFR.net, available for you. The URL is very simple, AFR.net. The American Family Radio app is available as well. So you can go to your app store, type in AFR in the search bar, then download the American Family Radio app at your convenience. So that's two ways to listen live or listen to the podcast. We publish the show, the AFA at the Core. We publish it wherever you listen to podcasts, out there in, in the Apple Podcast Store, Android, uh, the Google Play Podcast Store, Spotify, so on and so forth. So wherever you listen to podcasts, you can catch the core. You can download it, subscribe to it, and listen to it at your convenience. We are live streaming on Facebook and YouTube. Just go to AFA at the Core on Facebook or YouTube, and you can uh, watch the show, watch the video on those two platforms. Well, we covered this uh, legislation in Alabama last week. House Bill 322 was the bill that we talked about last week. The aim of the legislation in Alabama, in the state of Alabama, is to do two things. There's there's really two things going on here uh, in Alabama. <clears throat> we have really three things, uh, if, if we break it down. We have the legislation uh, preventing 
the opposite sex from entering the restroom or the changing area or the locker room of the uh, opposing sex or the opposite sex. So, for example, just to keep it simple, if you're a boy, you go to the boy's restroom. If you're a girl, you go to the girl's restroom. It's as simple as that. So this bill in Alabama provided a legal structure, legal framework to all public facilities and K-12 through facilities there in the state of Alabama to really protect young girls from being sexually assaulted in Alabama's restrooms. Yes, that was the main issue going on because schools across the state did not have a uniform way to handle this. And as we saw in Alabama, as we have seen in Alabama and we saw in Virginia, when you open up restrooms and allow boys to raise their hand and claim that they're a girl on any given day of the week, to go and follow a 13-year-old girl into the bathroom, that is a terrible idea, and it's opening the door up to, to sexual assaults in, in uh, restrooms in Alabama. So the bill there in Alabama just simply states that if male is on your birth certificate, then you're going to go to the male's room or the men's room. If a female is on your birth certificate, then you're going to go to the ladies' room. Uh, very, very simple as that. The other part of this bill had to do with K through five education. K through five education, and just like the Florida legislation does, this uh, legislation in Alabama prevents the teaching and the discussing of gender identity and sexual orientation in K through five. Public schools, K through five public schools, that prevents the discussion and the propagating of sexual orientation and gender identity discussions in classrooms of K through five. So that's what it does on that front. And then lastly, the legislation in Alabama. Man, this is a huge week for Alabama. The last piece of this legislation prevents underage, prevents minors from having sex change surgery are getting these hormone treatments and all this stuff that's damaging to the body that completely uh, destroys a youth body. Uh, this bill in Alabama, now law, uh, prevents little kids from having their parents give them these cross-sex hormone treatments and have a uh, mutilation surgery, so-called surgery, that mutilates her body. This bill is aimed at protecting young kids that are, some of them, struggling with gender dysphoria. So good good uh, week in Alabama last week, and all of that has become law, signed by the governor, Kay Ivey. And she had, a, um, she had something bold to say uh, in response to the criticisms from the few. <laughs> criticizing Alabama for simply protecting young people. Let's see. This is what uh, the governor said in a Friday statement, according to a local TV outlet. There are very real challenges facing our young people, especially with today's societal pressures and modern culture. The uh, Governor Kay Ivey goes on to say that I believe very strongly that if the good Lord made you a boy, you are a boy, and if he made you a girl... You are a girl. 
We should especially protect our children from these radical, life-altering drugs and surgeries when they are at such a vulnerable stage in life. She goes on to say, Instead, let us all focus on helping them to properly develop into adults God intended them to be. Amen. A good, good statement from the governor there in Alabama. So, uh, a win, a victory there in Alabama, and it wouldn't happen without several of our dozens or hundreds, maybe even thousands of our supporters, our American Family Association supporters there in the state of Alabama, pushing this bill through the finish line, pushing this legislation through the finish line. And I want to give a hats off to the uh, all the legislators that were involved in passing this legislation that is now a law in the state of Alabama. So we are winning across the country, folks. What's what's amazing, and I made a note of this this morning in one of our meetings, what's amazing is the pressure, well, it's kind of overrated, but still, the noise, rather, that comes from corporate America, the noise that comes from Washington, D.C., the noise that comes from the sexually deviant lobby or the sexual deviancy lobby, the LGBTQ plus, 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 the noise that comes from Hollywood, the noise that's coming out of Disney, it's not even touching our victories around the country. And, you know, I used to come to you, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and I'd say, you know, you know, Disney got involved or whatever corporation, Amazon got involved and, you know, that good legislation just died. The good legislation got defeated because all the corporations swarmed. Toyota put out a press release. <laughs> well, now people aren't even listening to them anymore. And it's really a good thing. I mean, think about it. In Florida, in Mississippi, in Alabama, in Virginia. We talked uh, about some stories in Arizona a few weeks ago. But you've got these governors with starting to grow a little backbone. And when the corporations start screaming and the media starts doing their thing, they start foaming at the mouth and the homosexual lobby swarms and Disney employees walk out, they're having no impact. Yeah, they're making their CEO go on national television and do an apology tour. But he can do that all day. I don't care. The main thing is that the policies, the laws, the stuff that's actually going to be around in five years, it's going through. It's pushing through the finish line. And so that's that's just encouraging to me. It's encouraging because we have to ask ourselves, I mean, do these do do our enemies really weld that much power? Yeah, they're loud. Yeah, they control the microphones for all these major media conglomerates. Yeah, they run the, the boards. And yeah, they're in charge of the executive management of all these big tech companies, but at the end of the day, they can put out mean tweets, they can do mean Instagram post and, you know, Disney employees can walk out and the MLB can say we're not going to Atlanta for the World Series or for the playoff games or the All-Star game. 
So what, though? All of these bills, all of this legislation around the whole country is still being passed and is still being applauded and is still being implemented despite all the pressures I just mentioned. So that is a good thing. And uh, I want to play one clip here. This is uh, talking about the uh, transgender debate and the discussion about protecting young people in this country from this very vicious movement of sexual deviancy. President Trump, the former president, uh, went on with Dr. Oz, who's running for Senate in the state of Pennsylvania, who I noted on the show a while back, is no conservative, really is no Republican. And President Trump went on the show with Dr. Oz and endorsed his senatorial race, his candidacy for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania as a Republican, which was a terrible mistake by the former president. And I'm just waiting on him to rescind the endorsement after you hear this clip of Dr. Oz years ago endorsing and fawning over the idea of sexual mutilation and hormone treatments that damage children. Listen to Dr. Oz fawning over that idea. Make a decision to let your child live as the other sex even alter their body. It's an area of intense debate. Today you'll meet families coping with this astonishing reality. What does it mean to be a boy? What does it mean to be a girl? Those two simple questions are infinitely complex and gut-wrenching for parents of children who are born transgender. Josie was born Joseph. Physically, she's a boy, but from the time she could talk, Josie knew she was a girl. Her sex on the outside didn't match how she felt on the inside, and that's how every transgender child feels. Children like Josie may start showing signs of transgender as early as two or three. This extraordinary condition is not as rare as you might think. It's estimated that three million Americans believe they were born the wrong sex. Transgender shakes up all of our ideas about what makes us male or female. Does gender come from our anatomy or from our thoughts and feelings? While science looks for answers, what are parents of transgender children to do? Well, there's Dr. Oz saying all the wrong things. All the wrong things covering this little girl who thinks she's a boy. Or this little boy who thinks she's a girl. And that's who Trump just endorsed. And then I've also played the clip before I brought it in before of him talking about his view of abortion. Dr. Oz, that is. This guy's about as far away from being a Republican as, I don't know, maybe Joe Biden. There's like nothing about his record. <laughs> That is, quote, conservative. But President Trump's endorsing him. And some people today, you know, in the Twitterverse and on other places and platforms and blogs, they're saying, well, 
Whoever's advising President Trump needs to get it together. Our President Trump needs to fire his advisor, whoever told him to endorse Dr. Oz. But I'm not going to give President Trump that much credit. I'm not going to give him that much leeway, that much leniency. The president is responsible for who he endorses. And he's also responsible for who he hires to vet the people that he endorses. So this is on him completely. This is on Donald J. Trump completely. The only way to get past this is for the president to rescind his endorsement of Dr. Oz and to also issue an apology and fire whoever on this planet told him to endorse Dr. Oz. That's the only way you recover from this. That's the only way you recover from this. And this is, this is starting to be a pattern here, folks. This is starting to be a pattern. I covered the Brian Kemp, the David Perdue situation over in Georgia in the Republican primary there for the governor's seat. And I told you about how President Trump is still upset about the 2020 election, which is justified, all right? But... Instead of endorsing Brian Kemp for governor, which if you look at Kemp's record, he's way more conservative than David Perdue, President Trump, as part of his ego and getting back over the 2020 election because he thinks Governor Kemp didn't do enough, President Trump endorses David Perdue, the former U.S. senator. But when you look at David Perdue's record, he's nowhere near as conservative as Brian Kemp. So why would President Trump endorse David Perdue? Well, because he doesn't like how Kemp handled the 2020 election in his state and the reports of fraud, etc., etc. So instead, Trump goes and endorses someone who's less conservative. All to get at Brian Kemp. That's called ego politics. And in this country... In this day and age, with the difficulties and the challenges that we are facing, the last thing we need is more ego politics where we're picking candidates and endorsing candidates not because of their policy positions, not because they're right on the issues, but because we just don't like the other guy and how he treated me three years ago. AFA at the core. We'll be back in just a few minutes. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true, and if it's not true, then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is now available. 
Learn more at afa.net. The communist government has spoken. There's no room for Christianity within the walls of China. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and the man named Katsu is an evangelical pastor, a little more than 50. He serves outside of Beijing. I won't identify his village. But I would guess he has been beaten and jailed 25 times over the course of his ministry. Most recently, they beat him so severely he could not get up for a week. They let him go and told him to never speak of Jesus again. About a week later, a knock came on his door. He was somewhat reluctant to open it, but he found Hyo the bitter atheist interrogator who beat him terribly had one question that burned in his heart all week long why were you at such peace when we were beating you so Katsu would open his door open his Mandarin Bible and lead this bitter atheist to faith in Christ together they've witnessed thousands coming to Christ who all need Bibles in China at $5 a Bible would you call 800-YES-WORD 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 or give at sendbiblesnow.org that's sendbiblesnow.org work. For American Family Radio, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. A parade route unlike any other. That's what greeted our Lord as He rode into Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. The crowds that went ahead of Him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. It's a word that basically means deliver us. A fitting thing to cry to the only Savior, but soon a crowd would shout something else at the Messiah, crucify him. An amazing turn of events within a week. The great irony, of course, Jesus had to be crucified in order to truly deliver his people. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Get Anchor devotional in print monthly. Visit getanchor.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. Well, the go-to argument or the go-to response when the God-haters just don't have a substantive response is they'll say, well, that's just not happening anywhere. Just like they've done this with critical race theory. Well, that, uh, critical CRT is not being taught in our schools. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's just called something else. Then you start. they start outlining how they view things and what's being taught, and you go, okay, that's critical race theory. No, 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 it's not critical race theory. Okay, you may not call it that. But in essence, that's what it is. That's what the ideology, that's what the thought process, that's what the belief system is. Critical race theory. So they've done it with CRT, and they're doing the same thing with this gender identity, sexual orientation garbage. Is they're saying, that's not being taught in our schools. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) Y'all are calling it sex ed. I'm calling it gender identity. I'm calling it gender identity and sexual orientation garbage. That's what I'm calling it. Well, and every time they say that's not being taught, a story comes out about how it is being taught with documentation. This story is out of the Daily Mail. First graders in New Jersey will be given sex education lessons. See, they're calling it sex education lessons dubbed pink, blue, and purple. 
Get this. New sex education guidelines were handed out to New Jersey parents at a meeting in February. A 30-minute lesson called Pink, Blue, and Purple teaches the students to define gender, gender identity, and gender role stereotypes. The curriculum also includes instructions for teachers to tell students that their gender identity is up to them. Huh. This stuff's not being taught in our schools. Part of the lesson plan states, you might feel like you're a boy even if you have body parts that some people might tell you are, quote, girl parts. Reading more highlights from this uh, report, the materials were reportedly distributed to the parents at a February 22nd meeting of the Westfield Board of Education in New Jersey. The, uh, these uh, these uh, new guidelines are set to go into effect in September of the fall semester. And you know that this is a no-go when the Democrat governor says, like he did today, that they need to reassess these guidelines. Yes, Governor Murphy of New Jersey, in response to this report, said, yeah, we need to take a look at that. We need to take a look at that and, 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 and make sure that we're listening to what the parents have to say about this curriculum. So they de- they'll tell you, oh, it's not, being ca- it's not being taught. That stuff's not being taught in our schools. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Maybe not in every school district in all 50 states, but it is being taught. This garbage is being taught. So that's a story out of New Jersey. Well, I talked a little bit briefly in passing last week about how President Biden is ending the Title 42 exemption or the Title 42 policy at our southern border. What did that policy do? Because of the COVID-19 pandemic, it allowed the federal government to deport illegal immigrants in an expedited fashion. That was Title 42. And I also did some other things. Most of it was good for our border, good for border security. Well, President Biden says that the pandemic is over, the COVID-19 pandemic is over, so they are ending Title 42, as I noted last week. But they won't end it, the pandemic on the airplanes. We've still got to wear the mask. But the pandemic's over at the border, but the pandemic's not over on our airplanes. So the hypocrisy there is very, very loud. This is, experts are saying that this is going to be the worst we've seen. And you thought the surge last year was bad in 2021? They're saying this is this is going to, they're saying 3 million in a year is what they're saying with the removal of Title 42. Now, will it get there? I don't know. That's just what people who know about the border know about the, the, um, know about the apprehensions and the numbers. And the reason they, they, they said 3 million, this was a Texas uh, state governmental official. The reason they said 3 million is because just last year, over a million were apprehended. But how many weren't apprehended? And they have estimates on that. The estimates are that only one in three border crossers, illegal border crossers, are apprehended. So you do the numbers on that. If we apprehend a million, that means probably 3 million crossed with 2 million of those non-apprehended into the country. So this is unsustainable. Uh, but Biden is, is the Biden administration, they're opening the door. They're shepherding the door, uh, shepherding the illegal immigrants right in 
and flying them all across the country um, with little little pushback. With the exception of Representative Chip Roy out of Texas, he had some pushback to the Democrats. Let's listen clip three. This is Representative Roy in a committee hearing the other day calling out the Democrats. We've got this big fear coming in April, but oh, that's, no, we don't want to have Title 42. And my colleague from Texas mocked the focus by some of my colleagues on the need to have Title 42, as if it's not causing rampant flow across our border, little girls put in stash houses, getting raped, cartels making $100 million. And then the chairman scoffs. The chairman scoffs when I say little girl getting raped in a stash house. Has the chairman been to the border of Texas? Has the chairman been in the last year to the border of Texas and met with Border Patrol agents, gone down and talked to the people that are sitting there looking at what's actually happening in stash houses? Did the gentleman yield? I'll yield briefly. Yes. And what did you find? No stash houses? The chairman scoffed. Is the chairman saying there are no stash houses with no little girls getting raped in Texas? The gentleman will yield? I will. I am not saying there are no stash houses. I'm not saying little girls not being raped in Texas and in every other state in the union for that matter. Well, then reclaiming my time, when the chairman scoffs, when we talk about the, the damage being done to this country with cartels having complete operational control of our border, charging three to $5,000 a day to come across the border, and little girls getting put into the sex trafficking trade, I think that tells us a lot about where the priorities are of this committee. And I'm getting a little sick and tired of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle scoffing at Texans having to take the brunt of this. Ranchers losing their longtime family-held ranches. Fences getting cut, livestock getting out, people getting abused. And my other side now just doesn't give a whit about it as evidenced by the scoff of the Judiciary Committee chairman. It's absolutely mind-boggling. This is what the American people are absolutely sick and tired of. I'm just glad that someone is saying something in Washington, D.C. Chip Roy's doing it. Chip Roy's doing it, and we're going to keep playing his clips as long as he's speaking up in Washington, D.C. The kind of fervor that the representative displayed there is what we need in this country. It's what we need in this country. This open borders nonsense has become too commonplace. It's become a too, too normal to where it's almost assumed and accepted amongst the populace, amongst the voters— that we'll always have open borders. We'll always have no borders. We'll always have a million-plus illegal immigrants coming into this country that we know of every year. Every year. And that's why I talk about how the Democrats say, well, you know, we're the party of the working class and we're the party of the lower class and we're the party of the little guy. No, you're not. Because the very policies that you promote, including the pouring in of a million plus illegal immigrants a year, what does that do? Those are jobs stolen from who? The American people. Those are lower wage to middle wage jobs that are stolen by illegal immigrants from American citizens. And I would go as far to say that even the Republicans aren't the party of the working class because they would nip this as well. They would end this now, but they haven't. 
And there are encouraging things going on all around the country at the state level. I cover it every week here on the show. But what continues to go on in Washington, D.C. is absolutely reprehensible. And I don't know what is going to have to happen to get the attention of the elected representatives in Washington, D.C. But they are so insulated, they are so isolated, they are so immune from any type of criticism, they are so sheltered that they just keep on business as usual, spending trillions, doing the kickbacks, doing the lobbying, you know, sending their buddies hundreds of millions in pork (laughs) through the spending bills. And even someone like President Trump coming in and trying to shake things up, President Trump faced just as much pushback from Republicans as he did Democrats. Trying to push through legislative items of importance. And that's why when I talk about the filibuster and I hear Mitch McConnell and everybody go, yo, we've got to have the filibuster. What's the filibuster? It's the one one rule in the Senate that's keeping things from getting done, good or bad. Well, bad stuff gets done anyway with 60-plus votes. But the filibuster, really all it does is prevent good legislation from passing in the Senate. And that's why pretty much the only substantial piece of legislation that the Trump administration got through was the tax cuts. Through reconciliation. But we've got Republicans defending a Senate role, the filibuster, in the name of tradition, and we got to keep the Senate as the most deliberative body in the country, yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, Rome burns. The country burns. The West, in general, continues to fall apart as Russia, as China, as Iran as others just completely eat our lunch. And we're over here arguing about a Senate rule. Y'all don't, y'all don't mind approving judges with 51 votes. So much for being deliberative. We'll, we'll vote for the Supreme Court judge with 51 votes. No problems. No questions asked. But you ask us to pass a piece of legislation that does something good for the American people. Well, we've got to have 60 votes. Bipartisan. We've got to have Republicans and Democrats. That's not in the Constitution. Simple majority is in the Constitution. Simple majority in the House of Representatives. Simple majority in the Senate. This whole idea of having 60-plus votes to pass a simple bill is absurd. It's absurd that the judiciary doesn't say we need 60% of the judges. No, it's a simple majority. You have you have landmark rulings before the U.S. Supreme Court that are ruled on a 5-4 basis, like very often. So they can do the 51% rule, but the Senate can't. We've got to have 60 votes. I would put before you today that the only reason we have a filibuster and a 60-plus vote rule is because the senators 
don't want to be put in the hot seat on key policy items in this country. They don't want to be put in the hot seat. They don't want to have to pass laws that deal with the murder of babies. They don't want to pass laws that deal with illegal immigration with a simple majority vote. Why don't they want to do that? Because the parties in charge would have to make a decision on which laws they're going to pass and which they're not going to pass. So the perfect way out, and this is what they've been doing for years, is you prop up this 60-vote rule and come up with all these fancy ways to defend it. And then you basically let the judiciary around the country, whether it be the federal appeals courts or the Supreme Court, you just let them figure it out. You let the judges take all the heat and the, the, the actual legislators, the people who we've hired to pass laws, do nothing. They do nothing. And then when the Supreme Court issues a ruling that the Republicans don't like, the Republicans put out a press release and talk about how bad the ruling is, how bad the court is, yada, 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 yada. But you ask the senators to rein the court in, crickets. The Congress, primarily the U.S. Senate, they have created... The bureaucracy, the deep state, they have created the out-of-control judiciary by, de by delegating their duties to pass laws to judges and bureaucrats. And the only way we'll reel that back in and get policymaking back into the hands of the people is if the elected officials in Washington, D.C. reel it back in themselves. CFA at the core. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.